Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. James 1.5, all this is always a surprise to Martha. I always do all the show prep and say, okay, hey, <laughs> could just come join me. Uh, if any of you lacks, from James 1.5, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. Today is, as I said, the first I Work For Him radio roundtable on Friday. Every Friday on I Work For Him, we'll be doing a call-in where you can call in and say, hey, I've got this situation in my workplace. I've got that situation in my workplace. How do I how do I incorporate my faith into this? Or how do I how do I rebuff this? Or what, what's a great way to start a conversation about this or that? Or my faith, my about inviting somebody to my church or whatever it may be. That's why we're here. You know, it's not that we're going to know all the answers, but we're praying always that the Holy Spirit will just give us the answers that you need. So if you've got a question about how to incorporate your faith in your workplace, call into the studio line now, 877-943-9673, 877-943-9673. That's again, 877-943-9673. Martha, in preparation for the show, though we did get some emails from people. We did. And, you know, I just wanted to say something about you calling it a radio roundtable so that people understand a little bit about us. We love to sit around our kitchen table and have conversation with people. Uh, usually, of course, that involves eating, which we're not, we can't do I'm on the air. I'm all in favor of eating. But we're not going to do that on the air. But the but just the point that Although we, we do have this apple strudel we here. We do have a treat over there. But, That's um, for after the show, if so we do a good job. 
So <laughs> if not, then I get to eat it and you don't. That's right, while it. we're driving home. But anyway, the whole idea of a radio roundtable is just having that discussion. And we want to have an open discussion with those people that are listening and, and help them to um, teach us some things or to open up ideas that we maybe haven't thought about. We're, we don't claim to be experts, but we just love having the conversation and uh, getting ideas from other people. So that's the whole purpose behind this. And we've done a little over 300 shows on iWorkFrem over the last two and a half years. So we've had a lot of fantastic guest hosts or guests. And we've had some fantastic guest hosts as well. But a lot of guests that share with us how they're doing it in their work pl- their workplace, uh, their mission field. Uh, we've had a lot of people that have written great books on how to incorporate your faith into your workplace. We've had a lot of ministries on that have shared how to do it. And, and so really, iWorkFrem is not about what do Jim and Martha know. It's about the networking that we've done to to find out and ex, not expose, but to, yeah, expose the listening audience to ministries and people that are out there uh, really uh, making an impact and really to get you the latest and the greatest information on how it's being done around the country. So that's why we wanted to open it up to phone calls, 877-943-9673. Hey, our first question comes in from a guy named Brett. Okay, The question is, how do I keep... Him being God at the forefront of my thoughts in order to proclaim my faith when bogged down with deadlines and quotas. Well, that's a great question. Are you writing it down so you don't forget or what? No. (laughs) Martha's writing notes down. I'm like, wait, wait a minute. What are you writing down? I I said it kind of fast. All right. So how do I keep God at the forefront of my thoughts in order to proclaim my faith when bogged down with deadlines and quotas? I think that's really, I mean, we struggle with that all the time because we're always running around like chickens with our heads cut off. Well, I think the first really neat part about that com- that question is the fact that he wants to do that, that, that he understands the importance of keeping Christ at the forefront of what's going on in our crazy world. So a couple of things I thought of, of course, coming from the um, Christian retailing side, I have seen so many great things that can be put on a desk. I have one right under my monitor. I have this plaque that says, pray first. And I do actually see that when I'm sitting there and I'm working on things. So it still catches your attention even though it's been there and been there and been there? Okay. because it it just, that's what it's designed to do. And I think because I want it to remind me of that. And I think of the fact that you often have a scrolling screensaver on your computer that reminds you of something that you want to remember. And this would be a perfect way to use that to say, keep Christ first or remember to talk to God. God about this problem, right? Or and, and and then leading up until the to the launching of I Work for Him, I had my screensaver that says, "What's the one thing?" All right, we've got a caller, John from Largo is calling in. He's got a question for us, John. Welcome to I Work for Him. Well, thank you, Jim and Martha. It's good to talk to you guys. Uh, it's good to hear my good friends, Jim and Martha, on the radio uh, on my way home from work, and uh, I appreciate what you guys do. Uh, well, we're excited that you're listening, and I'm glad that you're off at a time when you can catch us on your drive home. That's right. We're very, we're very glad. Spread the spread the word. I hope you got both hands on the wheel, though, in today's weather. Uh, sort of. You can say that. Sort of. <laughs> sort of. All right. So, John, what's your uh, question? What, what's your question for today? Uh, just before that, I'd like to spot your um, Cruise a Better uh, Marriage uh, Cruise. Cru- cruise your way to a better marriage retreat coming up in February 2016. And then. Just would like to tell everybody listening that's a great thing to do, and uh, being with you guys was a great experience for me and my wife, and we uh, learned a lot and were able to. It was just a really good time for us, and uh, we appreciated you guys doing the work, putting it together, and, and actually being a part uh, of our life. So, 
Well, we were glad glad to have you, and you and your bride were a, a lot of fun to have. And I know that it was great. Great, it's great for so many couples because they just get to have they get to have a chance away from their kids to just let loose, stay up late, and not worry about having to get up early. So, that's it. Uh, so my question uh, for uh, as far as uh, being a missionary in your workplace, uh, which by the way for me has been a big uh, eye opener, uh, as God showed me that it's really as I got discouraged about what I did and I wanted to do something else, it's more, God says, you're, you're there for the people, not for what you're doing. So, mm-hmm. uh, but my question is, is that what, what do you, how would you approach, um, some people in my workplace, they will use God's name as a swear word quite a bit. Like, um, you know, and I can say, I can see sometimes on their faces that, that they uh, kind of feel guilted about it, doing it around me sometimes, but, there's certain ones that do that spot also. So what's a good way to go about saying, uh, or should I say, you know, hey, I don't appreciate taking my Lord's name in vain, or um, how would you think that was a good way to approach that? You know, I, I think I've seen in the past, John, it's a great question. You know, the question is out there, hey, you know, a lot of people around me are using God's name in vain, and they're using Jesus' name in vain. In fact, they, they, they give Jesus a lot of middle and last names that we didn't know he had. Uh, and and uh, I think what's, what's amazing is in, in my life, when you surround yourself with people, they notice that you don't swear, they notice that you don't use those kind of words, and they all of a sudden, for some reason, they feel guilty talking that way around you. I, I don't know that it really accomplishes anything to criticize the way they talk because we have to be very careful not to expect non-Christ followers to act like Christ followers. Uh, but right. I do, when you know, when somebody uses God and then as, uh, associate with several four-letter words, uh, I, I tend to let that roll off my back a little bit more because it is so cultural. And a lot of people say it without thinking, but when they say the name of Jesus and then those things, I do bring up, you know, that's my Savior that, that you're talking about, and he died for me, and he's made an incredible impact on my life. And I just wanted you to know that. Hmm. I mean, and I do that because they're because they're specifically saying Jesus, and a lot of people when they say God, they're not necessarily thinking about God. Although there are times when I find my sarcastic side coming out, and, and people will say that, and, and I'll say, "Wow, I didn't know you prayed." <laughs> so it kind of it depends on what kind of mood that you're in. Yeah, I think that you know you know your coworkers more than anybody, and if you feel like it's there's a time where it's appropriate to just say, you know, that really. I really don't appreciate that when you talk that way. Um, maybe that they'll listen. Maybe they'll be a little bit more aware. Um, but uh, balancing that with not um, turning them off to ha- continuing to have conversations with you. And But it is offensive, and I think it's okay. I think a lot of times the world says it's okay to offend everybody, but or it's not okay to offend anybody else, but it's okay to offend the Christians. And uh, so balancing that out is a really tough act. And I would just challenge you that, again, we have to keep in mind, and this is even Christians among other Christians, that we have to be careful not to judge other people just because they sin differently than us. And But in saying those things, be very careful, be very mindful. What do you think Jesus would do? You know, I I don't know that Jesus would go sarcastic. Um, Obviously, if they were using his name in vain, he he, would have thought it was, that's kind of weird, why are you doing that? But they're... We just need, what's the opportunity there? We have to make sure that they don't see us as judgmental because that's really what the culture sees. We need to, they need to see that we love them despite how they are. Then we get an opportunity to tell them why we love them. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I would look for. Look for those opportunities, John. Sure thing. I, I heard what somebody say once too, uh, also, is uh, don't get mad 
at a blind person. You wouldn't get mad at a blind person for stepping on your feet. But it's kind of a, mm-hmm. I've always kind of looked at it. But Yeah. I, I would agree. I, I would agree. Yeah. That's great. I appreciate your time. Thank you, guys. All right, John. Thanks Thank for you. calling in. Drive I work safely. for him. That's right. Yes. All right. All right. Today is Friday. We're doing the I Work For Him radio roundtable. And, you know, each and every Friday, we're going to just open up the lines for people to call in and, and just ask specific workplace questions on how do I incorporate my faith into my workplace. And John's question was just, hey, people are, are, are using God's name in vain and Jesus' name in vain all around me. What do I do? And, and really, you know, I've had days where I've gotten sarcastic and, and, and just, you know, I said, hey, when people start saying God like they're talking to him like I would, and I'll just say, hey, I didn't know you prayed. Uh, that's one way. It just depends on the crowd. But a lot of times when people use the name of Jesus around me, I will just, I'll just stop him and say, you know, that's my Savior that you're talking about. And he died for you, and he died for me. And, man, it just it hurts when you talk that way. So, anyway, it's time for our book highlight segment. As it always is, it's brought to you by Karis Christian Books and Gifts. The name of the book was written, or was uh, In His Steps by Charles Sheldon, written in 1896. Perhaps one of the greatest historical books that I've ever read, read other than some you know, Mark Twain books. Uh, but In His Steps is all about how a pastor gets his life revolutionized by the fact that his church, they realized that their church really wasn't Christ-centered. And they started asking the question before they made any decisions on what would Jesus do. They made a recent movie about it, In His Steps, and so we're giving away a copy of that movie today. In His Steps, written by Charles Sheldon, produced by Bridgestone Multimedia Group. So call into the studio line right now if you'd like to win a copy of this movie, 877-943-9673, 877-943-9673. And remember, you need to read this book. Oh, yeah, they made the movie, but just don't wait for the movie anyway. All right, we're back live at I Work For Him's Radio Roundtable Friday. We're giving away a copy today of In His Steps, the movie. Call into the studio line now, 877-943-9673. It will inspire you to look at your faith differently than you ever have before. 877-943-9673. All right, Martha, before our caller, we were in the middle of a conversation on on something else. Another question is, uh, hey, how do I keep God at the forefront of my thoughts in order to proclaim my faith when bogged down with deadlines and quotas? You know, for me... I got to do things. I have to change it up. You know, I have my screensaver when I was really trying to figure out where's the Lord sending you and I in our ministry. And I had it for over two years. What's the one thing? A buddy of ours, Don, one of the elders in my life, uh, came up and just said, Jim, you're doing so many things. What's the one thing God's wanting you to be focused on? And, And so I just said, I don't know. And I realized at that point in time, I was involved in 13 leadership and 13 things. And so I just pared it down and just said, Lord, what's the one thing? And that was my screensaver. But sometimes I so have the to... screensaver was to remind you daily right. to be every time you saw your screen to pray about that. Right. So that was something that worked for me because it changed all the time. But sometimes if I if I need to focus, I have to move around those notes. You you said you got notes on your desk. Yes. And if they're there all the time, I just blow. I I, I they get I get blind. Oh, I to didn't them. say I don't rearrange them. <laughs> sometimes see, sometimes I need to stick notes like that on my chair. So when I sit down, I'm like oh oh oh. So, but you you wrote on here some other things. Well, yeah. I your was dad thinking, is famous for your number three here. Uh, what is that? Oh, yeah. Using post notes and things like I that. I don't know what Martha's dad would do without post notes. <laughs> it helps us to remember a lot of different things. He must have he must have stock in 3M. Hey, Martha, the commercial was about the 2016 Cruise Your Way to a Better Marriage Retreat, sponsored by I Work For Him and Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Why do we do these marriage retreats? Why don't you give your perspective? I always get to talk. Okay. Um, well, wonderful. 
going on a cruise is a wonderful time to get away to something to look forward to. Um, and with doing this with your spouse, being able to focus on some ways to really enrich your marriage and just make it stronger. We find that a lot of people, including ourselves, just need time that we can invest in our marriage and say, you know what, let's learn a couple new tools that can help us in communication or can help us with um, arguing or whatever the case might be and do it in a way where we're with other couples that are on the same team with us wanting to learn the same things. And uh, it's a great environment because then there's no no fuss. <laughs> we launched the, the 2016 registration back in early May just to let people have a chance if they want to save up and make payments over the months. But uh, right now it's crunch time between August and September. They'll they'll start they'll stop letting us block rooms. We the retreat is limited to only 20 couples, mm-hmm. uh, and we keep it very reasonable. It leaves out of Tampa, goes to Cozumel. The two days at sea are our retreat days, and those days are focused on just building up our marriage. Lots of activities, proactive activities, but every night you get to eat dinner with different people within the group that are like-minded with you. It's really everything included, $880. Your parking, your food, your tips, your taxes, and your food. The uh, the cruise is what I meant to say. And a little more food. Yeah, and a little more food. Then you get to have extra, and then there's the midnight chocolate thing, and then (laughs) there's dessert at every, and you could just eat. And there's all the exercising you want going up and down stairs. We never use the elevators. No, unless we were carrying like way too much. But even then, we think we did the stairs because that was our workout in between meals. Yeah, we definitely, <laughs> definitely needed that. All right, but check it out on our website, iWorkRam.com, the Cruise Your Way to a Better Marriage Retreat 2016. And there's a tab. You've got a tab dedicated to that. Yes. All right, so finishing up our conversation on Brett's question, how do I keep God at the forefront of my thoughts in order to proclaim my faith when bogged down with deadlines and quotas? Today is iWorkRam Radio's Roundtable I work for him, Radio Roundtable. Right? We're doing that every Friday. If you've got a question on how to incorporate your faith into your workplace, whatever that may be, or a specific question on an incident that you've that's occurred, call into the studio line now, 877-943-9673. 877-943-9673. And you know what? For those that are going to listen to us on an ongoing basis, if they will do what I did and take some time and store that in their phone, then they don't have to worry about dialing it while they're... On the road or, or you, in between when they're in a hurry. Right. Or they can always email us a question for our I Work For Him radio roundtables. Email them ahead of time, jim at iworkforhim.com or martha at iworkforhim.com. And that's iwork, the number four, him.com. Jim and Martha. Jim at iworkforhim.com. Martha at iworkforhim.com. Okay, so Brett's question. How do we keep God at the forefront of my thoughts in order to proclaim my faith when bogged down with deadlines and quotas? We were on Post-it Notes. Your dad does that incredibly. Yes, I have learned by example from actually both of my parents because my mom used to use index cards and tape them up on the window. I still have one of her index cards yes. she gave us back in 1984 when we I started know, dating. And it's in your Bible. Yes, it is. Um, but she used to tape that up on her um, on the windowsill by the sink when she was washing dishes that would remind her of things that either she was praying about or priorities. My dad does the same thing, even to the point of he's taped things on the dashboard of his vehicle to remind him, you know, how, how would God be acting in this situation um, or something like that. And he also uses that as a witnessing tool. But the whole idea is to, we get so distracted in life. And so for this very important question, which is how to keep Christ at the center in all the craziness, put reminders out there, put them on your mirror, put them on your um, desktop, put them somewhere where you can be reminded how that about there's your something outlook important. calendar. 
Outlook handle. That's a great one. In fact, what I have um, that just recently started doing is I made a prayer list that I put in my Outlook calendar that it pops up in the morning and it lists out my employees' names. So one of the things we challenge in joining the I Work For Him Nation is for people to pray by name for their coworkers and employees. And so I put that in my Outlook as a pop-up because it's so easy for just that to you get busy and crazy and you have the deadlines and you have things happening. Um, so just a reminder doesn't mean that it's everything is perfect, but being able to just say, how do I, how will I remember? Some people wear a certain bracelet to remind them to pray or think of a verse that helps them to keep their priorities where they need to be. Well, and occasionally we fast and, and fasting, it's that every time you get hungry, you're reminded to pray. Yep. Uh, that's another one. But I, I like to just say, okay, before my day gets started, because it's so easy. Once my computer is on and my outlook is up, I'm gone. I'm gone. I'm, I'm in the mode and I'm going. I'm going, 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 until we shut it off at night and I'm going to bed. And so I like to just, my first first hour of the day, I, I, I look at my phone first thing in the morning, make sure nobody texts me overnight saying they, they died or anything like that. And, and then I just set my phone aside for the next hour. I read my Bible, spend my time praying before I get going with my day. It just keeps me focused. But I, I, I love the reminder thing. Maybe just a, a, at the bottom of your monitor, stop. Have you talked to me recently? Mm-hmm. And, and one of the things that I did in a discipline is just in the morning on my way to work, I don't listen to the radio. Because I don't, I don't want to get filled with all the garbage and stuff. That's, and there's just so little positive stuff on there. But if you tune in, <laughs> but if you tune in, to, if you tune into Faith Talk five seventy and nine ten in the morning, there's all kinds of fantastic oh, stuff. So you should you know do what? that That's every morning. That's a really good way, actually, to get focused on what is happening or what God wants for you in life. Because there are some great pastors preaching in the morning. I've been very encouraged by the things that I hear in the morning. All right, we've got a caller, Ted from Minnesota. Welcome to I Work Ram. What's your question today, Ted? Well, I, I have the my question is about my post-its all over my desk. <laughs> we gave it away, didn't oh, we, Dad? <laughs> I, I have to be sitting at my desk, and uh, man, I don't know where you got that from. How many post-it notes <laughs> you got up there, Ted? Well, they, they actually the post-it notes takes forms and the, the different things now. Yes, uh, but tabs of paper and uh, business cards, and um, but a lot of good reminders. That's good. Well, read us one of them. Read us one of your great reminders that you got at your desk today. Oh, my goodness. Uh, here's one that I'll, I'm going to take it off. And, and it's interesting because uh, Martha can relate to this. Um, it is a piece of paper that came with an item that Martha sent me in the mail. And it's it's an item called a, a mezuzah. Mm-hmm. And, and a mezuzah is uh, to be placed on your doorpost, and it comes from Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9, and 11, 13 to 21. And it's talking about uh, keeping the, the, the uh, words on your, your, you know, God on your mind, or they say tie it on your forehead and your arms and put it on the doorpost of your homes. And um, actually, uh, Jim is the one that <laughs> put this on my mind because he was talking about uh, lineages and things like that in families, and uh, and uh, I thought, well, that would be cool. And I, and I think it's not necessarily for uh, the people that writ, writ, wrote the Old Testament, but it's also for uh, today's Christian. And uh, you were kind enough to find some for me, and I now have them on my doorpost to my shop, which is out and back, and then to the doorpost to the house and inside. 
uh, you you write a prayer, and on the outside of the prayer, you put the name of God. You write the name of God, and uh, it just it's just a reminder to me that uh, I I pray for the blessing of God over the people that enter to my house mm-hmm. and whose uh, opportunity I have to share with. Mm-hmm. That's a great thing. And, you know, kind of like what we were talking about earlier is that um, you, sometimes we need to change up how we're reminded. And even um, t- this month, you thought of that and added that to your home as a new way to remember to uh, commit that to the Lord. And that's such a great testimony. And some of that paper was probably in Hebrew, so you couldn't read probably all of it, right, Dad? <laughs> well, yeah, there's, there's more here. And uh, uh, I'm going to study a little bit, and I'll call you back. Yeah, awesome. that's good. All right, well, <laughs> thanks Ted, for sharing. Ted, thanks for calling in today to our work, friend. We appreciate you, and we appreciate the godly example that you and Elaine have set for Martha and I in our marriage. I've never tried to claim one of your books, but I'm kind of interested in that uh, video you offer. Well, we have, we have an, I happen to have an extra one. We'll make sure we send it to you. Hey, if you'll just let, uh, let Ace put you on hold, and then uh, he'll get your address from you, okay? Okay. Oh, <laughs> right. Thanks, Ted. Bye-bye. All right, it is I Work For Him Radio Roundtable Day, and it's uh, Friday, and we're just trying to take your calls on how are you working to keep your faith at the forefront of your mind in your workplace, and uh, we've got another great question. Okay, which question do you want to go the, one you, the The top one that you wrote down. Okay, well, this was from uh, Lorianne, and she said, as an owner in a business, is it legal or ethical to discuss religious beliefs in the workplace? You know, we've had some gr- a great guest, uh, David Gibbs. He is mm. a uh, an attorney that focuses on uh, church people's rights in the workplace and, uh, you know, our Christians' rights in a workplace. And, and he it's great. We will definitely be bringing him back on again. In fact, I'm sure he's been on this station before with Bill Bunkley. He has to have been. But it talks, we've got a right to share our faith. However, it can't detract from how we do our work. And so, you know, our, the, our number one best example of us in our faith in our workplace is the job that we do and how we do it. And we should be a person uh, that does our work with excellence. And that's our number one big example. But I know that that's not just a question that Lorianne's doing. Do we have a, do we have a legal right? It depends on the kind of business that you're in. You may have unbelievable rights. Wasn't there, and I, I don't know all of the specifics, but isn't there something that has to do with the size of the business, for one thing? as Because she's specifically asking as the owner of the business. If um, you're the owner of a business that is under, I believe it's under 12 employees, your business can be completely Christ-centered, and you can actually even just say, hey, you. I mean, this is just what it is. This, this is, is a Christian business. And, you've, and if you're a government employee, your rights are protected by the Constitution. And the, as businesses get bigger, you get limited by the size of the business. But bottom line is, nobody can shut your mouth over a lunch break or in the parking lot. Hey, all right, the second question from Lorianne. Yeah, and she was asking, as an owner, is it legal and or ethical to discuss religious beliefs in the workplace? We've had a past guest on our show, and we'll make sure we bring him back again. David Gibbs from N National Center for Life and Liberty. Right. And you can find him online at N as in Nancy, C as in Cat, L as in Larry, L as in Larry, NCLL.org. We'll post this on Facebook tonight. They and David Gibbs lays this out exactly what your rights are. If you work in a government environment, your rights are protected by the Constitution of the United States to share your faith. They can't limit your speech. However, in any case, in order to be God honoring, you need to be absolutely the number one best employee in the workplace. And that gives you an opportunity to share your faith all the time. If you're a lousy employee, please don't share your faith. 
Well, and also being a good <laughs> steward of the time that you've given at your job, that means don't not work in order to share your faith. So be considerate of your time on the job right. so that you're not taking a half hour and having a discussion when it's not your time to do that. It's your time to work. Right. So. You say, hey, that's a great question. Can we talk about that over lunch? Yeah. Can I buy you a cup of coffee at break time? But Lorianne's question was specifically about owners. And mm-hmm. and as an owner of a business, you've got a lot of rights in specific sizes of companies. And I believe it's at, at like 12 and under and then 15 under. And then if you're a public company, you got different rights. But um, you... As an owner of a small business, which in Tampa Bay, the majority of the businesses are small business under 20 employees, you can set the tone for faith in your workplace and not be, I mean, it's, it is your right to do whatever. You're the bit, you're the owner, you're the boss, you're paying everybody's salaries. You can do whatever you want to do. But again, if you really want to lead people to Christ, you want to do this in a way that's not going to just, you know, don't beat people over the head with the Bible. But if you really are really loving them right where they're at, I encourage Christ-following business owners, don't just hire only Christians. Hire some non-Christians. How else can you make it a mission field if you don't bring in people that you can share your faith with? But you've got the right. Uh, it is legal and it is ethical to share your faith and to have uh, your the, the fact, your faith right there at the forefront. You know, another thing I was really thinking about is really pray about how God wants you to do that. What does it look like for you and for your company? Mm, is it a point. part of your logo? Is it a part of your business card? Is it a part of what you put up on your walls and on your letterhead? All of those are really important steps, but only if it's what God's called you to do. Don't just do it because you think it's going to get you more business or if it's going to do this, but do it right and do it in a God-honoring way. You know, we're answering a question from Lori Ann. She emailed that question into us, but you can call us and you can email us a question for our I Work For Him radio roundtables, which we'll do every Friday. You can call right now the studio line. The lines are open and Ace is sitting by waiting for you. 877-943-9673. 877-943-9673. Call in with your question on how do I connect my faith to my workplace? This is a specific issue that I'm having. I'd like to have you answer this question or let's have a discussion about it. You can also just email us, Jim at iWorkForHim.com or Martha at iWorkForHim.com. If you go out to the iWorkForHim.com website, you can also just contact us and give us a question. All right, but Lori was, Lori Ann was also asking, how should we respond to this in our HR manuals and our cultural training? Your values, as a Christian business owner, as a Christ-following business owner, your core values should have your faith at the center of it. A Bible verse to back it. People should know right up front, hey, this is what we're going to do. This is why we do what we do and how we do it. Yeah, and then they know, like you said, up front what they are signing up for because it's a you are committing to a relationship with the employee when you bring them on to your staff. And so that needs to be a good fit both directions for the company and for the employee. Because right. So we, as they're interviewing, people should know this up front. Yes, and that's why some of those things I mentioned earlier are really important. Is it important for you when they walk in to see some scripture on the wall? Um, is it important for you for them to see that your business card may have your core values listed on them, and faith may be one of those core values or um, something else that would be a key element for them to understand how this company is being run. So those things all need to be very intentionally done and out in the open from the very beginning because you're making a relationship. Right, and you're trying to bring somebody into your family, and if they're really uncomfortable, 
You want to make sure you don't make him really uncomfortable because we don't want to make people, well, Jesus made people uncomfortable, but that was because of the sin in their lives. They want to make sure that if somebody is just out and out totally against God and they come into your workplace and they're going to hear about God all the time, they may not create the best environment for them. But, well, and they also may not portray your company the way you're wanting them to be portrayed. Mm, well said. Out to the community, what depending on what their job is and how their relationships with customers and vendors are, they need to be a mirror image of what you're wanting your core values to be portrayed. On Wednesday's show this week, we had Dr. Steve Stefan, who wrote the book, The Business Card. And mm-hmm. it was all about a business owner who had gone to a silent retreat, had his life revolutionized by Christ at the silent retreat, and came back and put his core values on his business card. And it and it impacted every one of his employees and then businesses around the world. We also have locally our business owner, Todd Hopkins, with Office Pride. He's got on his back of his business card his core values, but he doesn't call them core values. He calls them decision filters. Yes, and I mean, you love that. I love that. I love that. I love that. And Todd has been a guest host on our show and been a guest on our show many times, but it's because he's got, here's what I believe right on the back of my card. If you want to do business with me, just so you know, this is what drives me each and every day. And, you know, going even back to Brett's question is when you forget and when you get distracted in the chaos, if it's if it's committed to the back of your business card, you can flip it over. Maybe flip go, it over. Okay, good idea. what are my priorities again? What did God call me to do in this job? And be reminded if if what you're currently in the chaos of doesn't fit in with that, then you have time. You can quickly shift that and move away from it. You know, going back to Lorianne's question, is it legal or ethical to allow employees to discuss religious beliefs in the workplace or for the owner to uh, put those beliefs on people? Here's the deal. It is never... I would never make it a recommendation that the owner demand that everybody go to a Bible study. Mm-hmm. Always make it an option because you want to make that a pleasant experience for people, not something that's required. Uh, that's just an opinion. But I've got a buddy of mine who's got a business here in uh, Tampa Bay who has a Bible verse scrolled all the way around. Like mm-hmm. his, uh, we used to wallpaper a border up there, but he had it painted. And I've helped him interview a lot of people. That's one of the things I do is that outsource COO is I help people interview people for positions. And there's been several times when people came in to interview for the position <laughs> and they've read the Bible verse and they've taken off before you even had a chance to see them or they've taken off before you started the interview. I mean, it, it really clarifies what your workplace is all about. It does. And I think that, again, I know personally that that was bathed in prayer. And so you know that the Holy Spirit is penetrating that situation and maybe calling people that are just not comfortable with that culture. And that's a good thing. You don't want to mold somebody into a culture that they're not going to um, be able to establish well in. Yeah, we are doing I Work For Him radio. I Work For Him's radio roundtable. Every Friday, we're going to open up the lines for you to call in and ask Martha and I a question on how do I put this I Work For Him thing to work? How do I connect my faith to my workplace? How do I do it? What are some practical ideas? So the phone lines are open right now, 877 877- 943-9673-877-943-9673. Or I might want to just pull out the, I think we should pull out the auctioneer. 877-943-9673. Just in case that <laughs> resonated with anybody. 877-943-9673. All right. And prepping for the show today, we knew that it would be a new idea for people to call into our work ramp. We had several people email us questions. Uh, we've got a question from Donna. Okay. Do you I have that have one it. or I have that I one? I do not. You have oh, it. I have it. Okay. Here, here, here's what it is. How can I, as a business leader in a non-faith-based business, use faith-based business and leadership training tools when developing staff that either do believe or do not believe or lack conviction for what they believe? So how can I use faith-based business tools, leadership tools, 
in developing my staff when they're not necessarily Christ followers? Mm. That's a good question, Martha. What do you think? Well, that is a good question. You know, there are a lot of really, really great leadership tools out there that we've been exposed to. So I understand her question. Um, and I think it, it probably um, just needs to be vetted out. And if it really is something that it is the best tool out there to use with your staff and you have a culture that supports that. Now, she's saying this in a, um, in a non-faith-based business. Right. business um, you know, th- there probably is some approval process depending on where you are in management level and things like that. But if it's really appropriate and it really has great things to, to learn from, I would say go for it. Ask if it can be used. Show them the value in it and show them that um, maybe tools that have lessons in integrity and honesty, my goodness, what could possibly be wrong with that? Well, and really, I think what people don't understand, if, if you as a Christ follower haven't read your Bible through to, through from one edge to the other, you don't know how packed full of stuff, really good quality, practical business advice there is all throughout the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation and everywhere in between. And so as a Christ follower, you need to get familiar with that. But what's really cool is there's a lot of leadership material out there. There's a couple of guys that do it very, very well. They incorporate... Uh, biblical ideas into books, and they don't necessarily say, hey, this is directly from the Bible, or sometimes they do, but but uh, um, John Maxwell's one. Mm-hmm. He's got a tremendous amount of leadership stuff out there that is all biblically founded. It's all bibli- the, It's written with a biblical worldview, but he doesn't always give references for where the stuff came from. And also Ken Blanchard, who wrote The One Minute Manager. Didn't he write The One Minute Manager? Is that right? I might have that wrong. Okay, but Ken Blanchard, no, he's the one that wrote the uh, Mulligan that I that I loved. Oh yeah. So there, there's one. He wrote a he wrote an uh, what's that called? We write analogy, a story. Well, or, uh, allegory, allegory. That's what it was about the Mulligan that we use in golf. For those of you golfers out there, Ken Blanchard wrote a book uh, along with a golfer on the Mulligan and really talking about that's what we really get from our heavenly Father. Hmm. We get a second chance at the tee. We mm-hmm. call it the Mulligan on the on the golf course. And some people take way more mulligans than they deserve, <laughs> uh, but but that was a great book. So there's some, there's some great resources. If you've got any questions about great books out there on what that can be used, wow, just email me. I have read almost a hundred Christian or books on how to incorporate your faith into the workplace in the last three years. Yes, and he's very passionate about sharing that information. So be ready for a fire hose if you call right. or email. <laughs> I've got I've got a library full of books, and I've been reading them. Mm-hmm. And there's some books I just throw out, and some books I'm like, that yeah, was okay, but some books that are fantastic. Kevin Lehman wrote that book, The Way of the Shepherd, yes. one of the best books ever on management. Mm-hmm. I'd love to be able. If somebody out there has got a connection to Kevin Lehman, help me out. Help me get him on as an interview to interview about that book. Because uh, when I reached out to him, he's already moved on to his next book. But the way of the shepherd was all about how you can use what we learn about being a shepherd of sheep and apply that to managing your people, and it, just a great way to be a Christ-like example for people in your workplace. Yes, it really is. It, it was one of the best word picture books I've ever read. The words drew pictures in my head, and I will never forget those concepts. So finding books like that are also a great way to kind of answer Donna's question. Finding resources that, like you said, are biblically based but may not quote a bunch of scripture. Martha, you mentioned something over the break. Of the best place to really get into deep conversation with people is not at your cubicle. 
No, um, I think being really intentional and saying, hey, can we do lunch together? Can we can we sit together in the lunchroom? Can you um, go have some coffee with me? Co- go get coffee before you go to work in the morning and say, you know, I want to continue this conversation. I want to talk more about um, what's happening in my life and really get to know your coworkers and be able to share Jesus with them. Um, but doing it in not on the clock, for one thing, in respect of your employer, um, but also um, in, a, in an environment where they don't feel threatened by being at work as well. So just not being ashamed of it, but also being very considerate of those around you and building that relationship so that they know you're genuine. This is not something you're just putting out there. It's so important that we respect. If you're an employee, you need to respect your employer and be if you're a Christ follower in the workplace, you should be the best employee around. Mm-hmm. You should, people should go, what's wrong with you? You're well, so good right with you. you. That's right. What's right with you? <laughs> and if you're the owner, you know, don't use your faith as a as a pelting thing. Don't pound people over the head with the Bible. Love them right where they're at, and that will give you an opportunity. And pray for your people, and that will give you an opportunity to actually be that witness in the workplace each and every day. I mean, it's it's been a great conversation. I work for him, Radio Roundtable. If you've got more questions for next week, just email us, Jim at IWorkForHim.com or Martha at IWorkForHim.com. We're Christ followers who own our own business, but ultimately, I work for him.